see. Again, yes, red light is blinking, so we're rolling. This is fantastic. Well, hello, friends. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, coming at you today. Uh, I have a special uh, guest of mine who we have a few things in common that we're going to talk about. I'm especially interested in uh, having you hear what my guest has to say because um, she's been working with the Parkinson's population for quite some time now. And, um, you know, without further ado, just want to introduce my friend and my guest, Lilia Drew. How are you doing today, Lilia? I'm great. Um, How are you? Doing really well, despite COVID and kind of the strangeness around it. Everything is just great. It really is. And you're, if I remember right, you're in Florida. Correct. Yep. I'm in um, Jupiter, Florida. Jupiter. Where is Jupiter, Florida? It is in um, West Palm Beach. Oh, so not far from Miami then, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody allocates us with Miami. It's like a good two-hour drive. It is. So. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Yes, well, that's cool. That's cool. Um, I uh, well, first of all, we we met through I, I don't know how, but maybe somehow through some Facebook things, or um, maybe even Beth a little bit, right? Is it? Uh, well, yeah, I got certified through. I was already working with um, people with neurological disorders, and then I saw your um, your program, and I think that I saw your program because. Uh, we both went to Cal U, so I think maybe yeah. some have a lot. Like a lot of your professors were my professors. Like Dr. Yeah. Brent first was one of my professors. Yeah. And then I always follow his page, so um, I think a little through that. And then NASM too, because I know you've interviewed. Like I'm really good friends with Marty Miller. That's who got me my job. Oh yeah, I know Marty very well. Yes. Yep. Right. So I think through that actually yeah yeah and then actually i just it just clicked you had signed up for um i think in march i was going to do my live workshop in florida near you and then covid <laughs> came and it's like my house yeah and it didn't work out so you did the online one in june which i'm thank you for that so uh, you know um just to tell people a little bit about uh, some other stuff going on here um my and I didn't mean to promote my book. I'll just say I have a book that just came out about Parkinson's. Um, but also I have another book that will come out. I'm not sure exactly when, but but uh, Lilia wrote a contribution for it, which is really nice. It's going to be a book about uh, basically inspiring stories of people who battle against Parkinson's. So we have stories coming in from people who live with Parkinson's, caregivers, and then people like you, Lilia who are working with this population and uh, talking about some things that have inspired you. Because I know that when I do this, I mean, literally on a daily basis, any day I'm with somebody, um, well, pretty much everybody I work with, I feel this way about, but I'm highly inspired by this spirit of fighting back and really working to improve quality of life. How do you find this to be with you and, and your work with people with Parkinson's and other neural disorders? And all been the best blessing for me. It really has been. Um, I never knew, like, had you asked, I've been doing this for about 15 years, and had you asked me 15 years ago that I was going to mainly be working with older people, which, you know, as we age, we all, you know, develop something. Um, it is so just inspiring because they just work so hard to achieve their goals and achieve them. And it, it, me, myself, I mean, thankfully I'm 36 years old and I'm healthy 
but it's made me so thankful for my health, you know, and waking up every day and yeah. just yeah. the other and not have to think about it, you know? You know, I was, I was talking with a friend of mine in Miami yesterday, a musician friend, and every, I just said, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, you know, it's fantastic. I woke up today. And you know, I, I actually think of that myself, too, because I woke up today. Well, I get another day to be on this earth. I look at that as a great way to start the day. I love how you said that. That's cool. So let's go back, though. You were working uh, uh, country clubs a lot, right? You were in various country clubs working. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And um, I've mainly been at one. I was I started off at Gold's Gym right after college, um, but I was um, actually a manager there. And then I realized that I wanted to get in. I liked the personal training side of it. So I did my NASM. Um, I was at one country club shortly for like six months, maybe. Um, and then our mutual friend, Marty, yes. um, got me a job at Frenchman's Creek. Um, and I've just been there ever since. I, I just have, I love it there. The Actually, average age is um, yeah. 75. So I think my youngest is, well, I mean, I, my youngest is 10. And then my oldest is 96, I believe. Wow. So average is 70s and 80s for sure. Right, yeah. I've been by that club too. Um, I didn't go in it. I was in Florida several times in your area. Marty actually took me around to some different places. And then... Uh, he probably, because he was there a little bit, so he probably took you there. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember which club I was in. There was only one, but I remember that one. We drove by it. Um, so... When so, what was the transition for you? Um, did you start in the clubs with the intention of just working with the general population of the club? Um, and then how, how did the Parkinson's come into play for you? Um, well, I um, I started at the club only because they were building a new fitness center and I was promised a lot of business, a lot of clients, you know, which was great. It was an eye opener, let me just tell you, because I thought I was going to work with you know, people when they're. 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, high intensity workout, they want to lose weight, they walk in, you make them sweat, and they walk out the door. Mm -hmm. And working with, um, I um, got got it handed to me the very, the very first day, you know, okay. and you, you want, and I was a brand new trainer, so you want to do exactly what the book tells you to do, you know, so you want to go through the steps, you want to make somebody do a step up. And all of a sudden, you know, these people are older, and they can't do a step up. And I'm like, are you, I mean, so you, you really... I quickly had to learn how to work with what I had, you know, it definitely wasn't an ASM book, you know, you foam roll, you do this, you do that. Yeah. It, tell you. So through that, you know, I just, you know, created my own, you know, business. I became busy fairly quickly. Thankfully I started in the summer when they were building the club. So I got to, with the help of coworkers and Marty and, you know, people that were, had been working in this industry for a while with the older population, um, basically just kind of guided me. And so when season started, you know, I became busy fairly quickly. And um, my first Parkinson's person was a referral from a massage therapist. Mm -hmm. I trained the massage therapist, you know, on my free time because we were friends and um, he was he was in the middle stages of Parkinson's where he had started to notice that he couldn't plantar flex. You know, he was having trouble plantar flexing. And um, 
that was mainly his thing. And he had noticed that he was losing his balance. And, you know, it was like that beginning stages where he was noticing that he was losing control a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, decided to start working out. He didn't work out. He was just going to the spa. So um, he, he was my first. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know about for you, but my first was very um, uh, intimidating. It just, I, I made it that way myself because I didn't want to hurt him, right? And I didn't want to do any damage. And I didn't know exactly what to do. I just kind of, I, I had a resource to go to. So I, my son, because he was in a PhD program, had to do a Parkinson's. So he called him up, he directed me, and I found, you know, at least something to start with. But, um, it is interesting though, I'm glad you said about learning quickly because what I have found is that a lot of the stuff uh, with NASM and uh, I, I love it. I absolutely love the, the model, right? However, some people just can't do a lot of those things. So you have to modify it. And then as you go forward and find more and more and more and more people, it's just right up here, you just know, okay, that's not gonna work, so we'll do this. And do you find yourself coming up with let's say um different assessments or different just different things to do because it might just be more effective right away oh all the time i mean you don't you know the the nasm or any base which is a fantastic certification i mean that's the one that i tell everybody to go to yep. and same thing the reoccurring it's a great program but you know you just you you learn hands-on that really is the best way to do it and um, you know, if you want to specifically talk about Parkinson's, you know, looking back at my first client, do I think I did a good job with him? Yeah, I did. You know, I gave him confidence. We did our workouts. I didn't hurt him. He got stronger. Knowing what I know now, 10 years later, would I have trained him that same way? I wouldn't have. Does that make sense? I would have had him do things. Yeah. I would focus more on, can he do rotation? You know, can he... Right. Um, you know, do two things at once, you know, work his brain a little bit. I would have definitely gone a different round. Um, again, did I confidence? A hundred percent, which, you know, going home, you know, made him have a nicer day, you know, because being at the gym and being able to step up, then when he would go home, he had just lost his wife and had to go up the stairs. He had that confidence, you know, but I would have definitely, but yeah, you can't, you definitely, and that, it doesn't even matter how old somebody is. You can't take the same workout every day because you never know what they're going on, what's going on. You don't know if they slept the night before. You don't know if they went out the night before. You don't know if they just came and fought with their spouse. You don't know if, you know, they ate something or their back is out or people have issues every day. I'm so glad you brought that up because um, that's so important to you know in my book i write about this because it's I, I think that it's so important to just ask first you know how are you doing today how are you feeling how did you sleep last night or not they're ready to rock and roll and then uh, the next time they're not because maybe their medications didn't kick in as fast as usual or something you know and they're they're not totally on there's so many different possibilities so that can change right you ever find that that'll change what you have planned for them here to like okay we're better plan b or c on the spot something for somebody well i think what works better when you first talk to somebody and again this doesn't have to be somebody with parkinson's whoever you're training um instead of saying how are you doing because we're 
accustomed to saying fine, good. You know, so uh, what are you feeling today? What's your day looking like? Like an open-ended question that makes them go into it. Since, you know, yeah, exactly. What's your day looking like today? Oh, it was horrible. My boss yelled at me all day. Okay, well, now I'm going to have to make, if it's, you know, a general workout, and if your boss yelled at you all day, well, I'm going to give you a fun workout. You know, I'm going to pick out the stuff that you like to do. Yeah. You know, every, every, yeah, you, you know how to work with somebody according to learning how to move. I always right. tell somebody when you ask about assessments, you know, your first day with the client, you do the general assessment, but in all honesty, I always tell somebody, I'm just going to give you a regular workout to get to see how you're moving. Um, so today's workout isn't really going to look like what the future could, because I don't know you and you don't know me, you know, so. Um, once you learn how somebody moves, then you can create a workout every day. Um, especially somebody with Parkinson's, like you said, the medication may not have kicked in. You know, if you don't have the same consistent time with them, because your workout is important to them, but they have a million other things in their lives. So they may not be able to come consistently at two o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. So maybe if on an earlier day, you know you're training them and consistently their medication hasn't kicked in, well, you do different things that day as opposed to. You know, yeah. The yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot to that too. I mean, if you think, you know, if they're not moving as well and you try to do the regular stuff and they can't do it as well, and then that kind of creates anxiety and depression or raises, uh, uh, increases fall risk. So we don't want to have like an injury or anything, but, um, you know, there's an area that I, I know that you know what I'm talking about here, but I want to hear from you. You're experiences ever with uh what i call and i'm a late bloomer man I, i'm a slow learner when i finally learn stuff i'm good but it took me a long time to realize that the most well i was going to say the most important but one of the most important things is having them do something maybe that, that could be a challenge but when they do it they feel empowered like empowerment right off the bat can change the whole hour you're with them or however long it is. What's your experience with this? Um, I think that's the best part of the session, right? When you find something, and especially if it's something challenging, I mean, you definitely have to pay attention, um, again, to how somebody moves because you can see somebody and they can walk, you know, they can play tennis, they can play golf, and then you have them put one foot in front of the other and they can't balance. Yeah. Um, again, that doesn't have to be with Parkinson's. That you can take a forty-year-old and tell him to stand on one foot, and he can't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and then realize, oh my God, I can't, I can't do this. You know, why can I do all these other things, and then I can't, you know, do the simple things? So I think what's really important is when you work with someone, um, start. I'd rather start with something easy and have them do it, and then give them something hard mm -hmm. than something really hard even if it looks like a cool exercise and then have them not be able to do it and get frustrated because mm -hmm. then they shut down and then they walk out angry and sad you know because you they think that you that you thought they could do it but if you're giving them something that is unachievable you never were paying attention to their capabilities exactly yeah does that make sense so um i think yeah starting off with an easy exercise like i'd rather tell somebody put one foot in front of the other and they're like really that's it okay good you can do that that's amazing okay well now we're going to go into single leg balance you know or single leg balance reach and then they realize they can't do it so then you work on that mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it's exciting because 
they can see that they can do a lot of things, you know? So instead of going, oh my God, I can't do a single leg reach, which is a hard exercise anyways, they go, oh, okay, well, I can stand one foot in front of the other. I can stand on one foot. I can do a single leg scaption. Okay, I can't do a single leg reach, so let me work on that. Does that make you kind of like built them up? It's almost like a little bit, and now it makes sense why they can't do it. And now they're excited to work on it. It, totally i uh, i agree 100 percent. it's um that that moment of uh, it's interesting too because the personality type so you'll have the ones who are always like um there are a couple of people i work with and i love them they're great but they're always like oh i don't know i don't know if i can do that but i mean i know they can because i just know based on years working with them in some cases right. they do come on just try it, try it it's okay i'm right here with you don't worry it's okay and they do it and then they're like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Um, then there's the ones who go for anything. And they don't care what you throw at them. Which, of course, you got to be careful, right? Because <laughs> you don't want to, like, have them falling over or anything. But they're the ones that you give them an yeah. make it harder. They're like, no, I'm telling you to regress, you know? Yeah. yeah right. Totally. So um, do you have any uh, favorite stories, let's say, of uh, of something that someone has achieved with you at some point in time during their training that just was like oh my gosh and it made you feel that that feeling we get of gratification like this is why i'm doing this uh you know yes and like it's with it's a reoccurring thing especially when you work with people that are elderly so again even if they have or you know with parkinson's a lot of times you know they wake up stiff rigidity so through the workout they become more more limber you know you, you get them moving and you know if they tell you it's little it's like i, I almost don't want to give specific examples because i don't want to share you know like um that's fine you know yeah. what i but a general example would be if you um they'd be like you know i'm really pissed off because i'm having a really hard time reaching you know mm-hmm. the you know i just i can't i can't reach him like my, my arm just you know goes like that okay not a problem so you know and you put him through a workout but you know in your head you're going past full range of motion he just can't reach right now you know so you do little things take a foam roller make him walk like this you know even Mm -hmm. you can even see how tight i am right now you know um and you just make him but you in your head you focus okay i'm gonna make him move in every angle so that he gains that range of motion and at the end of the session you go hey you want to reach that plate for me and they reach it and then it's like they always most they when they just turn around they look at you and their eyes light up yeah you know you just wanna i mean you can't hug anybody right now but it's like i always just want to like jump and hug them you know because they did it and they realize that they haven't lost control of something that was important to them yeah you know what's um, interesting is I just had a side thought here is uh, Russ Perker who teaches with me um, is a trainer and ASM. He's also uh, he's the dance guy, right? Yeah, yeah, and he lives with Parkinson's, oh, right? And he 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 actually put a little thing in the book. I think it might be uh, I don't know chapter eight, but whatever. It's about exercise snacking. So he takes like little doses of exercise. He'll take a, a, a daily thing that he does and what made me think of this is reaching up for the plate I feel like should be reaching up with a literal plate that he just washed putting his plates away and turn it into an exercise 
course, he's always uh, over the top with stuff, but I love it. He'll do it, you know, single leg. He'll do it while he's scratching his head or something. Right. That it's really cool when people get um, that sense of empowerment and they realize they can do things that they didn't think they could. And then they take it to another level on their own, which doesn't always happen because, you know, lack of dopamine, lack of motivation a lot of times. But, but sometimes it's, that goes into personality type, too, though, as to whether or not they're going to, after they leave you, keep working on stuff. But it, it's, you know, it. But I, I never thought of it as exercise snacking, but a, a thing that um, has worked for a lot of my people is. Um, again, you know, they think, you know, first of all, they're stiff to begin with, you know, especially with the Parkinson's and then think of your daily day. And that's all of us, especially now that we can't do anything in this pandemic. You know, all you do is you stand and you walk, you know, and then you sit again and then you stand and you walk. So it's just that forward motion. So of course you're feeling like your back hurts and your hips are tight. You know, you, you haven't, so I, I have them. I'm like, you know what, just Stand up when you're in the kitchen, grabbing a toast, you know, just move your hips side to side, you know, do the, do the leg swings and just yeah. do it every time you're standing, every time you're snacking. And you know, the ones that do it, they're like, it's amazing how I don't feel tight anymore. I'm like, well, yeah, because you moved. Yeah. And right. it had nothing to do with the Parkinson's. It's just, you know, you, you, your back doesn't hurt or you're not stiff. Yes. You're stiffer than the general population because of your Parkinson's. But the general population, if they did the same thing you did, would be stiff also, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's not. Um... Yeah, power, it's really powerful stuff. You know, the more I uh, do this too, the more I realize how complicated it can be for some people. There's a lot going on with Parkinson's and other, you know, neurological disorders. There could just be so much going on. It's, you know, and another thing I was thinking is how you especially, and I, you know, I work on this myself too, but you listen, you watch. So you're very observant. You're communicating with them. You're getting constant feedback, but that's why they call us personal trainers, right? Because it's personalized. It's not cookie cutter. You yeah, know, yeah. and then we do have the OPT model that, that right. is a cookie cutter. However, there's a lot of room within it to do stuff, but sometimes you just got to get out of that, which you do. Because you have to, and that's that's the personal side of things, and I think that's it's so important to do what you how you do this, um, how you approach people, how you watch, listen, observe. It's really impressive. You do great work. Yeah. Um, I've had said um, ask, feeling out something because I mean, really the reason that you want them working out isn't so that they can curl a 20-pound dumbbell. You know what I mean? Yeah, is that cool? Absolutely. And if they can do it and they want to do it, 100% will do it. However, it's really more important so that they can go on and live their daily lives and they can go to dinner, you know? So let's say they say, you know, I no longer go to this restaurant because it has to go up the stairs. Okay, well, then that sounds like we're going to work on um, stair-stepping for a while, yeah. you know? And they come back and they're like, Lily, I went to the mall and I didn't take the escalator. I took the stairs and I had no problem. You know how, like, first of all, it may, again, like, it's like it, you, it makes you love your job so much, but it makes them feel good. Then they're not, then they look forward to going to the mall with their kids, you know, because yeah. they no longer have to take that long route to get to the escalator. They can just go up the stairs, you know, or if they have trouble getting out of a car. Oh, you know what? I have trouble getting out of a car. 
okay, it sounds like we're going to do some sits and stands for a long time until you can get out of that car. Mm -hmm. um, so taking what they're having challenges with in their normal life into their workouts. So you're following the NASM model, I guess, but you're really tweaking it according to what they need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Training for uh, training for daily activity, like goals. Goals can be. I well, yeah, we set it up. I set it up so that I like, say, so what are your what are your challenges? Let's pick the top two you want to work on, or maybe the top three. Let's just train for those. And like you say, it's different for everyone. But getting out of a car, yeah, definitely getting out of bed, going upstairs. Um, a lot of different things training to the have them live a better quality of life everything needs to transfer out the door into their life to make that better for them but it's cool because the ripple effect is pretty deep or at least it can be Care, caregiver might get a break yeah. or if they don't get a break because maybe they weren't having to do that much they're still thinking oh wow you know he or she feels better so i feel better right kids family, friends, co-workers, that ripple can go pretty deep. I think if you ask, sometimes if you ask somebody, what do you want to work on? They go, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, don't, shouldn't you? But if you, through the session, especially the more you work with somebody, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that I've had some people for like 12 years, you know, so you really get to know them. But through the session, first of all, I'm a talker. So I, you know, um, I always talk. I think it makes exercise go by quicker, you know, Me too. but after, yesterday where'd you go to dinner um uh where did you buy that shirt i mean do i really care what they ate i mean yeah i actually do because i like talking especially about food but i also want to know because as they go oh where'd you go for dinner last night oh you know i went to the capitol grill and i just had trouble because the way their tables are set up it's hard for me to go and you know maneuver around the booths to get to the bathroom mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So th they may not know that they have trouble, you know, going around booths, but thinking of their dinner, that's what stood out of their experience at dinner. Okay, yeah. so someone's going to create an obstacle course today, you know, and that's when you have the maneuver. So just kind of just and people like to talk about their day anyways like you never know if nobody asks them how, what they did yesterday but if you hear what somebody's doing or now in the pandemic what you do yesterday oh i spent all day doing a puzzle okay it sounds like we're gonna do some range of motion some posture today so just kind of figuring out what they do in their lifestyle because they're yeah. not gonna ask them because even and honestly, if you ask me what are two goals you want to work on this week, I would be like, I have no idea. But I'm sure if I think about it by the end of the day, I'm oh. going to figure out that I yeah, do. Yeah, my, my list is usually, um, usually they'll come up with something like, uh, you know, I, or, or I, you know what's even better is when the caregiver's with them, I try to have that or the spouse or, you know, um, yeah. first meeting because a lot of times you get more information from them. Yeah. Than the person with you. Well, he has trouble doing this. Oh, okay. Hey, how about we work on that? Yeah, okay, good. Um, because I'm always, well, personally, I'm always giving examples like, you know, challenges you face. Sometimes they know right away, sometimes they don't. So like, for example, blah, 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 blah. And just try to figure it out. But you know what I love that you just said too, and I guess I kind of think about this, but I didn't think about it the same way. I, I always love learning new things. That's why I like to talk with people. Uh, especially who know what they're doing like you is is you mentioned the 
navigating around tables in a restaurant. I don't know why. I never thought of that in a million years. You know, what I think about restaurants is maybe stairs or maybe they don't want to go because they've got this going on. And so I don't have the vibrating ball here, but I have mine actually. Hold the ball for 10 minutes and the tremor might go away for a half an hour, you know? Yeah, I remember you tell, yeah, you said this one, right? Yep, the hypersphere, yes. Yep. So. Yeah, and that, that can be a big game changer if maybe someone drives them to the restaurant and they're holding this on the trip. The tremors a lot of times diminish greatly. And, you know, that might be enough to get them to go out because now they're not tremoring as much. They're not just worried about yeah. spilling food, right? Yeah. So, no, but, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, what I love that you're doing, though, is you're, because I'm a talker too. Um, certain conversations recurring with people based on interests that we have or they have but when you were asking about the when you just talked about the thing with dinner i love that because you're really you're kind of digging in and you're wondering how they're doing what do they do but you're also listening to what they say because what they say might give you an idea for something to do during the workout right? that, yeah. like that table thing is a good example so for people who are listening and watching do what Lilia does. I just learned that I need to do that a better job of that because I'm not sure I've ever done that intentionally, but I'm going to start doing it intentionally. Not, I don't want to be obvious about it with my people, but, but really put in that extra listening ear because maybe there's some information that'll come to you what you can work on helping them with. Yeah. Yeah. Cause again, you're, you're with them an hour and you're three hours a week, but you know, there's 23 other more hours dead you never know and even not even about what is hard for them physically but you never know if maybe um you know they're fighting with their kids you know or they're worried yeah. now you know a lot of times now there's so much like people are stressed you know there's some people that haven't seen their kids in in six seven eight months you know and and they're depressed you know and that you know the depression or stress goes into your physical state so you know, it's just, I think, again, you want to train somebody to help them in their daily living, you know? Yeah. So really, yeah, I mean, just figuring out what their life looks like when they're not with you. Because, you know, they're not going to want to show up and tell you that, you know, they spent two hours crying last night because they missed their grandkids going to school, you know, and that yeah. they couldn't sleep. And now they're not drinking water. And, and again, you know, so if they're not sleeping and they're not drinking water and maybe they're drinking alcohol, am I going to do certain exercises with them? Well, no, because they're probably dehydrated. They're probably losing range of motion right there and I'm going to hurt them. Mm -hmm. So what I had to do a week ago, I am not having them do now because they're not in that state of mental health, really, yeah. which yeah. is physical. So I yeah. think, yeah. That's, that's really, that's what you've said is so, everything that you've said, but there's a lot of things I'm um, listening to. And I think what it'll do is help me to be a little better at articulating things and maybe a better listener too. I've always thought I'm a very good listener, but uh, you know what? I'm always learning like literally every day, you know, I mean, that, what, this is one of the things I love is this, You've said some things that I say, but the way you said them is just so much better. So you go, oh my gosh, okay, I just, this is like really cool. So I really appreciate that too, because I'm learning from you. 
Thank you. Ditto, right? I got certified through you. <laughs> but um, as I guess going back to the, the first question, you know, because we can talk about this all day, but you know, you don't want to bore people. But um, that is what is rewarding about working with, you know, either people that are older or people that have any type of disorder is when you realize that you are able to help each step, you know, it's actually they're doing it. You're just helping them realize. So that's really um and i think for me working with people that have you know again i, I mean i know you specifically work with parkinson's but any disorder is how bad they want it like they just want it so much more like you you know going up the stairs again i'm 36 and i'm healthy i don't think anything of it you know but if that's a challenge for somebody you know how thankful am i that i don't have that challenge and you better believe i'm gonna try to stay healthy my whole life so i don't have that challenge you know but i've i really they have taught me to be stronger does that make sense so when something is challenging for me i just think that every day is a challenge for them to get out of bed is a challenge for some people to yeah. you know that if somebody has tremors and that makes them not want to go to dinner with friends i mean they they work so hard to be able to do what is normal to me does that make sense oh 100 percent. I, I i'm with you on that too i think of this that every every day really but you know i think my my biggest uh, not to talk about me but i will just bring one one thing up because this is a really big paradigm shift for me a few years ago there's a lady i, I went to see who since passed away but um she had multiple system atrophy, MSA. It's a, I guess you could call it a really nasty cousin to Parkinson's, but it's, it's, a, it's a horribly debilitating disease. So um, I get to her house. Here's a lady who, there's no way with assistance, unless you have a Hoyer lift, that she ever be able to stand up. There's no way she's gonna be able to do just about like anything normal ever, like eating, you know, she, she couldn't do any of that. And as I worked with her for a period of about two and a half years, it got to the point where she couldn't talk at all anymore. And, uh, but what, what happened though is she still would buy sessions of like 10 or 20 sessions and she was fighting even when she lost, there, there was a point where, not to sound morbid or anything, but this is, it would be sometimes where her eyes would close and I thought she fell asleep. And then I would say something f funny and she would like laugh. And well, her daughter came over and said, no, no, you know what? We just realized the muscles in her eyes that you can't, so you just need to do this. She's awake, but she can't raise her eyelids. She can't even raise her eyelids. All right. She'd give anything to be able to walk one more time, and she ne yeah. she never will. And she, again, she passed away. Just but the inspiration there was, this lady's fighting with everything she's got from her bed. We did bed workouts sometimes or a wheelchair, and she didn't give up. She didn't give up till the very end. In fact, she never did give up at all. She just mm -hmm. unfortunately passed away. And that that to me really put things in a different perspective as to how lucky I am. Yeah. Oh, I it changed everything for me. I think also it's really interesting to see how, the, you know, as you know, you 
through your certification a lot with Parkinson's is the brain. And I feel that you really do see how powerful the mind is. And it really is mind over matter, mind over body, uh, mind over muscle. Um, it's almost, you know, you ever see those athletes that, you know, like a triathlete that has one arm, you know, or. Yeah. Well, I mean, your body is amazing. Yeah. Body will teach you to do what you need to do. It's called neuroplasticity in order to achieve your goals, you know? So they teach themselves to swim with one arm without going in a circle. Do you know what I mean? They teach themselves yeah. to go to bike, yeah. you know, with one arm. And if you've ever tied your arm and try to ride a bike, you're going to fall. Um, there's a lot of balance, but your, your brain teaches your body to, to compensate. Basically your body is compensating. So when you're working with somebody with Parkinson's and they've really you can see the determination in their eyes like when they just want they want it so bad and it's incredible when they when they do it because i i honestly believe that it's a lot of times how bad they want it because you will sit sometimes i even have like they want it to, and then some uh, like sometimes they try so hard and they get frustrated so that's when I always say, you know what, let's do something else and we'll come back to it. Get your mind off of it. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, Asia will get worse. Yeah, when yeah. They mm -hmm. So, you know what, if right now the step up, we've worked on this for 10 minutes and now your dyskinesia is starting, let's go do something else. Let's go do some sidewalks and, you know, spell backwards something. You know, get your, switch your brain around. Yeah. A lot of times come back and they're calm and now they can do what they couldn't do five minutes ago. But yeah. to see the determination, I honestly believe that it's the brain is incredible. It just it just really is. And there's I know research is hard to do, um, but it's it really is mind over matter. I think fifty percent. I I understand. It, but so it's harder for them to get to their goal, but they want it so bad that honestly, I think a lot of times my clients with Parkinson's or other disorders achieve their goals more than my healthy ones. Because for my healthy ones, it doesn't mean anything. They can't step up. They don't care. Right. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's really, it, it's powerful, I, isn't it? It's made me, yeah. So I guess what I love about my job and what we do is it's made me really thankful, you know, for literally taking one step in front of the other, for having all my limbs, you know, for having, yeah. I think I have a brain. My husband may say differently, but also how bad they want it, you know, and, um, and you can translate that in anything in life. Um, so it's really cool to see how the brain works. Really. It, it really is. It's just super powerful. Um, I'll send you a link to something I think you're really going to like. There's a guy I just discovered through my son turned me on to this, uh, talking about the power of the brain, but it talks about it in a different way. I've never, well, his name is Dr. Andrew. Andrew Huberman from Stanford. He's uh, he's been interviewed uh, oh countless times. Um, I'm trying to get with him too, but he hasn't written any books. But he's all over YouTube. If you put in his name, you would love it um, because it talks about this this power of determination, the power of changing uh, your determination from maybe not so determined to being determined, the power of actually creating happiness, the power of creating, uh, just getting yourself to do stuff that you never thought you could do, 
because of whatever reasons. Maybe you don't feel you're worthy or you don't feel you're capable. But like you say, the brain, I it's so fascinating to me. I'm every day reading about it. Um, you mentioned something else that's really interesting, how, pe how bad people want it. And, you know, I don't know how deep this area goes for the people who do or don't want it and what's going on in their brains. But I know what you mean by this, too, because some don't want it as bad as others, even if they are diagnosed with something. It's like they're, they just feel this is the beginning of the end. While others, I've had, there's a guy, John, Car John Carmichael, and uh, I don't have my book with me. His name is, uh, he's in Alabama. He got moving because he got diagnosed with Parkinson's. So he wasn't doing anything until that. All of a sudden now he's doing like these triathlons and his 100th century bicycle rides. And oh, that's so cool. I interviewed him a couple years ago. He's a, he's a beast. And, but, you know, some people, they get diagnosed and then they don't do much because however it's working in them. Others like him get diagnosed, loses 40 pounds. <laughs> he's like doing stuff. He, he's doing stuff I can't do because he's a total beast. I mean, I can do it. I just need to actually get in shape to do it. I want to go there and do something with him at some point. But it's really, that that is an interesting side of this whole business too, is the the, the drive that people have or not. Right. Well, and, I think when you get diagnosed with, with something, um, you know, any type of disorder, it, it your life, it becomes tangible, you know, so maybe he never thought about where his life was going to be in 10, 20 years. And when he got diagnosed, he was going, oh my, I, and I don't know this person. I'm just assuming, you know, maybe he thought, wow, life is going to be a challenge. So I better get as healthy as I can now. Yeah. You, know? you don't want to start at a negative 20 because you know, you're going to get there anyways, but yeah, he's the negative uh, he actually wrote a story in, in the book that you have, um, John, John Carmichael. Really, really just so cool. Um, so the other thing, too, is I find is, uh, you know, we're all humans. We all have a limbic system, emotions. We all have a brain. We all have nervous systems. We all have, you know, we're humans first. But uh, I'm finding that as I get more, probably the past four years, I, I four or five years ago, I started to work with people other than Parkinson's. And now I think I have more people with MS than I do with Parkinson's. Uh, a couple with very rare form of P, uh, MS called PPMS, but no matter what, sarcoma, reef tooth disease, multiple system atrophy, generalized dystonia. Um, and that guy last week, he has generalized dystonia. He's on the triple trampoline I have, just bouncing like crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that guy is a beast. He's, oh, he's hiking in uh, Nepal next year if COVID allows travel to there. But um, anyways, bottom line is the approaches that we use, do you find that it kind of applies straight across the board because we're humans first? I mean, we have to, it's personal training. We personalize four people, but MS, Parkinson's, ataxia, whatever. How do you go in and approach each of these? Is this... Well, you're not training the disorder, you're training the human being, you know? So, I see that. That's why I asked. Thank you for that. that. I wanted you to say that yeah. and not me say it. Thank you. When somebody's diagnosed with something, they don't want to, they don't want you to think of Joe with the Parkinson's or Linda with the MS, you know, they're, they're a human being and 
I think that it goes back a little bit with how amazing the brain is because I actually feel like my people with um, any type of disorder, you know, whether it's Parkinson's or MS, honestly, those are the ones that, that achieve more of their goals. It really is because they just want it more. Yeah, um, I find that too. I find that too. Is but it, no, nobody wants to be known as, you know, as their disorder because that's not who they are and that's not who exactly at all, at all. You, I mean, you really, really get this stuff. So I just so inspired by you and proud of you for who you are and what you do. Uh, grateful to know you. And the other thing too is, uh, you know, like you say, it's not who they are. It, it, MS, Parkinson's, whatever, cancer, it doesn't define anyone. It's just right. they, they live with it. So person first. So let me ask you this. You have what's on your agenda for, um, we did, by the way, we never talked for watchers, listeners about anything we're going to talk about. We knew we'd have a conversation that would be fun because of uh, a lot of the work we do is similar. But I want to ask you a couple questions. Number one, in the future, do you have any type of projects you're working on, you're involved in that, that you're looking to do? Um, actually, you asked me, um, uh, a couple of my clients that I've worked with for a while started a foundation, a nonprofit foundation called the Mind Music Movement Foundation. Um, actually, the website is mindmusicmovement.org. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's, um, you know, specific for neurological disorders, but really for anybody. Um, so obviously I'm um, doing the fitness side of it. Um, we have great instructors. We're doing a lot of live classes. And again, it could be um, the, the foundation is to benefit people with neurological disorders. However, the classes themselves can be for, you know, for anybody, you know, we right. have yoga, we have, you know, balance. I, I do balance and stability mostly. Um, but there's also a music side of it. Yeah. Um, also, um, a mental health side of it. So it's just a really, um, overall well-rounded foundation. Cause again, you know, the body is health. Isn't just, you know, exercise and eat your macros or whatever diet. Yeah, you're right, on right. These That's, um, Beth and, um, you know, Beth and Steve, really right? Is, what's that? That's, um, Beth and Steve. Beth yeah. and Steve Elgort. Yeah. yeah, actually, so I'm happy to say that I'm on, on the advisory board for them. We're actually going to talk this week. and Oh, nice. It's just nice to be involved because I know that you and I will be involved working on things there, probably some development or whatever. I'm just looking forward to learning more and helping however I can a little bit. Um, that I love when I talk with Beth about all this. It's so cool. Yeah, no, so that's that's basically, that's a really cool project. Um, I think sometimes things are a blessing. I mean, I don't like this COVID thing. However, I think the um, online, I think you're able to really reach people over the internet. Um, yeah. it, this is me, so um, I'm enjoying the learning process. But awareness, you know, of how important exercise is for yeah. everyone. Um, yeah. And again, mental health and just, overall well-being you know it's your your body is off it's you know it's yeah there's a lot involved i've learned a lot from the covid crisis i got to finish my book during it but i also uh never did a lot uh, uh, a virtual session until right. until because i was thinking about it thinking about it oh, i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm forced into it and now it's like you know this is great yeah same same here that before March, I had never done 
an online session. And now I spend most of my day right here. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm right here or in the studio, either with a person sometimes or a, a session in a studio that is just one room. My comes home and he's like, hi, honey. And I'm like, shh, shh. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> yeah. There's a book you may like. Uh, I'll just show it to you and I'll show it to listen, watchers, listeners too. It's, uh, so for people listening, you can't see this, it's called The Handbook of Neurologic Musical Therapy, Music Therapy. What I love about this as a former musician who went to music school and you know played thousands of gigs with different things, that was my living for a long time, is I never knew until this book how music can change the brain, not even just it can create new neural firing patterns. And there's a chapter in there on Parkinson's that's really cool. I can send you a picture of it if you want, because it's a little pricey. It's like 50 bucks. So, man, what a great resource. Yeah, if you could, yeah, send, send me. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and it's been, you know, you can see it working with your clients. You know, a right. lot of times you have them do an exercise to the music, how it helps them walk better a lot of times or balance better. But you know what that that's just the brain period think i i think i said this in the lot in the, another podcast that i did think of a runner what do runners do they listen to music and what do they listen to they listen to fast-paced music yep. and that's some good what is spinning you know back when spinning was popular you know what what did you do you would have your slow song the hard resistance you would have your fat so that's not just parkinson's that's just how the brain is um Exactly. No, oh, it is totally and yes, hundred percent. House, do you play in your house? No, but if you put some music, is it better? A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, so it's just the and I think it goes back to enjoyment. You know, so maybe it, I think it brings some joy to your brain, so it helps you do the task that that maybe may not be so joyful. So if for somebody is the challenge to walk. If you put some music on, it 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 really helps them. I mean, it's incredible when you when you do it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. that's it's powerful. Well, listen now. Bef when when I end the recording, just hang on with me. Uh, just a couple questions, but also um, before I end the recording, I have one last question, and that is, do you have any words of wisdom, any advice at all in general for anyone? in particular or just in general, just words of wisdom coming from Lilia relative to health or training or anything you're thinking. I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you this question, but it's something I ask everybody. Um, I guess after, you know what, just really, you really can do anything you set your mind to. Um, and I think, you know, success, breathes on success so if you're thankful about the little things you know and everybody's different but if you if you realize how great the little things are it really does help you achieve the bigger things you know so if you know if you can walk a mile if you could walk a mile yesterday you know what then walk a mile today and if at the end of the mile you feel good then you know walk another quarter mile um, because then if you walk that extra quarter mile tomorrow, you're going to wake up and you're going to walk a mile and a quarter, you know, because that yeah. became easy. So I think just if you, you know, like right now in this pandemic, does it suck to be indoors all day and not be able to see your loved ones? Yep. hundred percent. 
-hmm. However, through technology, we can still see them, you know, mm -hmm. and, and luckily if they're healthy, hopefully, you know, so you know what, maybe that's not that bad. So just being thankful, I guess, for the little things helps achieve the big things. I can't think of any better advice than that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry I asked you that question. I didn't tell you I was going to ask it, but I also knew that I knew you'd have a great answer. <laughs> and you know, success does breed on success. It really does. It's it's powerful. It's empowering. I love it. And you came up. You know, you said something earlier. I'm trying to figure out a name for this second book. You said mind over this, mind over that, and mind over muscle. I don't know if a mind over something. I don't know. I have to give you credit though. I don't know. Mind over mind is so powerful though, right? Well, listen, I really, Lily, I thank you so much for making the time to join me. Uh, I know um, my listeners are gonna love this because they, they just eat this stuff up. What you're doing is fantastic. Keep doing it. Keep inspiring people, helping people. I look forward to working with you with the foundation and Beth yeah. and. Uh, you know, at some point I'll actually hop on a plane and come down there too, because I know at some point I'll be able to. Fantastic. We'll do stuff like in person, and I know Beth talked about having maybe some type of uh, gathering or not convention, conference maybe. It, it would, you know, when we can. Yeah. But we'll get to it. But thank you. Thank you. All right, hang on with me for a minute. Um, I thank you so much. For this fun. Oh, it's an honor for me. I love what you're doing. And people watching and listening, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I really learned a lot today. I learned a lot about perspective and listening and I mean, really listening. You know, some of the conversations I have with my people, well, we have the conversations, but there's more I can be conversing about without seeming like I'm trying to dig. And then I just listen <laughs> to what they say. And the more we can learn, the more we can probably help them better or better help them. So appreciate that a lot, Lilia. All right, everyone. Thank you again. Have a great day. Take care.